look, I get it. Maryland just lost to Northwestern. They're on a three-game losing streak. But do not discredit the Terrapins because they're going to treat Penn State like this is a college football playoff game. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Locked On crossover with Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Terps. I'm Zach Seiko, the host of Locked On Nittany Lions, and joining me from Locked On Terps is Trey Moore as we do this crossover episode to preview the Penn State Nittany Lions and the Maryland Terrapins. We've got so much to cover today. Storylines, names you need to know, matchups to watch, and give you the predictions at the end of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash college and use code LockedOnCollege for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. Trey, welcome to the network. You know, this is the first time we get to do a crossover here as you're still more uh, one of the newer hosts on the show. But I- I'm glad we could do this collab. A- and Penn State and Maryland, well, Maryland seemed to have at least on track to have a better season. Mike Loxley now, a veteran coach for, for the Terrapins. They got a new offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis. Penn State fans remember him well since he was an assistant coach on the staff. But then... The Terps had that interesting loss to the Northwestern Wildcats. And this was supposed to be a game that, oh, maybe it's a trap game because it's a road game for Penn State. They got Michigan on the horizon. And then the Terrapins just kind of fall flat out there in Evanston, Illinois. So what's going on? Are the Terrapins okay after that game? We're not okay right now. There's no other way to put it. We're not okay right now. We started off the season hot. 5-0. I was excited. Terp fans were excited. The players were excited. The social media team was excited. And we thought we were a top 25 team. I argued that we were a top 25 team. And a lot of people were saying that we were. And we were ranked 26 going into the Ohio State week. And a lot of Terp fans were mad at the ranking of the 26th ranking in the country. But then we went to Ohio State, lost in a game that actually could have been a lot closer it was 10 to 10 at half, but we had outplayed them the whole entire first half, but Talia did throw an interception. But overall, we've dropped two games down a row to two teams that we were favored by, by mm-hmm. multiple touchdowns in Illinois and Northwestern. So this season has kind of was going up the mountain, and now we're starting to come down the mountain, and we're starting to go downhill. And I said on um, to yesterday's podcast on Wednesday, I said that this Penn State game can make or break our season because right now it's kind of broken, but with the win, it can make it a lot better overall. And maybe we can overlook some of these losses we've had so far to two teams in a row that we're more talented than overall. But overall, what is the Ohio or what is Penn State thinking right now? Two, um, a loss or a loss against Ohio State, a big loss yeah. against Ohio State in a game where offense kind of came out flat and a close win last week, kind of unexpected. Yeah, I mean, Penn State, they take this game seriously, 1-0, 1-0 mentality. James Franklin, I, this is personal for him. This is always his – I think he circles this matchup because of, well, the first time they played against each other at Beaver Stadium – they wouldn't shake hands, right? They, you know, Penn State did something to their gloves, and and the Terrapins were told. Randy Edsel told them not to shake hands, and James Franklin, right? That that was his home at one point. Offensive coordinator, 
recruiting coordinator, everything. And he was supposed to be the next coach in waiting for the Maryland Terrapins. And they said, no, we're going to hold on to the fridge for a little, a little longer. Ralph Fringen, everybody remembers. And State goes down to Vanderbilt. One person, if, if you don't take it seriously, right, I don't want to say that Maryland considered him trash. They definitely didn't. But James Franklin became impatient. And I think he, he still holds that pretty personally. Goes down to Vanderbilt wins a little bit, at least put some good seasons together for the Commodores who really don't win a lot of football games, period, and then returns to his home state of Pennsylvania and, and takes over the Penn State job. So this this game is very important to him uh, and, the, and the Nittany Lions, right? The recruiting battles. Uh, for Penn State, looking at the season as a whole, I, everything's, I, I don't want to say set off balance, right? Uh, Penn State and Maryland kind of have a similar track right now as far as Ohio State has thrown them off their game. Maryland yep. opens up the season undefeated, and uh, the Buckeyes say, "No, no, no, you guys are, you guys got to have a reality check here." And and Maryland certainly has, and Penn State, I think, had a do reality check as well. That, well, the Nittany Lions are a college football playoff contender, and this is a team that can finally break through. And Ohio State's the mountain; they can get over this mountain. And the Buckeyes said, mm -mm. They, they reminded Penn State that, no, you're still little brother. It's us in Michigan at the top. Michigan's dealing with a whole whirlwind of things. I, I won't even get, we don't even need to get into that. But still, there is, there's tears to the Big Ten East and then the Big Ten West. Like the Big Ten West is far behind, but it's yep. Ohio State and Michigan still. Penn State, I feel like it's in his own category. It's, Penn, it's lonely here. It's lonely in the Big Ten East. It's Penn State just by itself. And then it feels like Maryland, Michigan State, are kind of all jumbled together. And then there's Northwestern, Indiana, right? The, the team's well at the bottom of Northwestern's in the Big Ten West. But just kind of grouping those schools that it's it's a miracle if they they make, if they have a really good season. But for Maryland, I feel like eight and four is pretty realistic almost every year uh, under Mike Loxley and what he's done, uh, at least in recent memory here. Yeah, no, it's definitely realistic. If you look at how the win totals have gone so far, two years mm -hmm. ago, it was seven wins. And last year, it was eight wins. So every single year, Coach Loxley adds at least one win onto his total from yeah. the past year, which is a really cool accomplishment. But that's something that you can't really sustain forever. But I did think this year he was going to be able to do that and maybe get to nine wins. But those losses to Northwestern and Illinois have kind of put us in position where it's like we're not getting there, to be honest. We're kind of just trying to get back on track. And it's going to be tough this week against Penn State, a team that's yeah. more talented, a team that is pushing to get into the playoff if they can find a way to beat a Michigan team. So they yeah. know they can't slip up overall. And they're coming off the loss to Ohio State a couple weeks ago, so they're ready to go. But we're also coming off two or three losses in a row now. So you just wonder if we can somehow find a way to get back on track against a really talented Penn State team. But overall, it's been a tough couple of weeks for the Terrapins fans as our co-offensive coordinator actually got arrested. With yeah, I saw a, that. Yeah, yeah, got arrested. So that's kind of some of the adversity that we've kind of had to face um, so far this in these past couple of weeks that I think have translated on the field and made it harder for us overall to get a win when you have to deal with some of those things as college students. And then also you look at we just lost one of our um, wide receivers that decided to leave the program in Tyrese Chambers, 
who was a guy that came into the year. We expected big things from him and he kind of hasn't done much and, but he was still a valuable part of the team in terms of he added depth to the wide receiver room. And I think more importantly, just losing someone like that during the season in the middle of the season and having that situation with our um, coach being arrested and Kevin Sumlin and what's going on there, all these yep. things combined in the three game losing streak. It's a tough spot right now for the Terps and then going to play a really talented team in Penn state. It's a tough spot, but we have to try and get back on track, but it's not going to be easy. I know it's not because I think Penn state, even though they slide in at number 11 in the college football playoff and that I have admitted that's a fair ranking, but it, they, it's still under Penn state is not the 11th best team. They just don't have the resume to show for it right now. And the defense uh, is elite. And I know that Maryland's name of the game is, is offense. Like I said, we're going to discuss some key matchups, some names you need to know, but I, I think it's interesting. Maryland, like you said, had the lofty goals of nine and three. Penn State had the lofty goals of college football playoff, 11 and one, maybe even 12 and 0. And now it's kind of fending off that 10 and two record for Penn State. I'd argue for Maryland, it's trying to fight for bowl eligibility at this point yep. with the remaining schedule. Like that's just a very realistic possibility. It's doomsday type of stuff. And I hope I don't jinx it. I want to see Maryland succeed here, not against Penn State. But I do, I do want to see Maryland finish out the season strong. Let's talk about some of those names we need to know, matchups in the upcoming segment. But first, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors on today's episode, and that is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including the pros, the sharks, while been there. You pick more than or less than a two to six player stat projection and watch those winnings roll in. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few with just a few taps. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy game play, and an enormous selection of players and stat types from what makes prize picks the number one sports app. And with Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries will stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, if your player exits, if you have a player who exits in the first half and does not return for the second, that player then gets rebooted. And Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So now what do you got to do? You go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college. For a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Promo code locked on college for that first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And the Locked On Podcast Network amps up college football coverage every Friday with Locked On College Football kickoff live starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time to talk about the weekend slate of games college football playoff implications right now that the new rankings are out. And that's what we're going by here. Maryland's unranked Penn state is 11th. Who cares what the AP says anymore, right? We're going off of that, but they talk about all that on locked on college football kickoff live across all the locked on college, YouTube channels, including locked on Nittany lions, locked on Terps. And then you can listen to it back wherever you get your podcast. And I encourage everyone becoming every day or for both shows locked on Nittany lions and locked on Terps. subscribe to both channels and wherever you get your podcast to keep up with Penn State and Maryland. All right, Trey, key matchups first, and then I guess in doing so, we'll naturally name 
guys that are going to be contributing factors uh, in this one. Kent State's probably going to be without Chop Robinson, who used to play at Maryland. You know that. Transferred over to the Nittany Lions. Uh, and Trey Wallace. Trey Wallace got banged up in the Indiana game. Did not return. It seems like Amin Vanover, another defensive end, was back at practice. Khalil Dinkins, Andrew Rapley, a tight ends who have been in and out of the lineup for Penn State, have been practicing in full recently. As far as a key matchup goes, and I and I highlight the defensive ends for a reason, Chop Robinson and Amin Vanover, regardless of their availability. My biggest matchup here is that Manny Diaz blitz pressure and Maryland's offensive line. So Penn State's defensive line, defensive pass rush, versus Maryland's offensive line. Because last year, a season ago, Penn State shut out Maryland in Beaver Stadium. And part of that was Talia. I know Talia was banged up last year. And I and I hope he's 100% because I want to see the best version of this Carabins team. But Talia is probably going to say, it feels like Maryland couldn't do or didn't do much to fix the offensive line problems that plagued them a year ago. No, that was one of our biggest question marks going into the season. And it's not a whole lot improved. I can't say it's been horrible, but right. against a team like Penn State with all those dudes you guys got up front in the NFL yeah. type of talent that you guys have, that's going to be the question mark of the game. Can we slow these guys down? Because we know we've seen with Talia Tungavaiola, if he starts getting pressure on him and he starts having to rush through his reads and stuff, it can get bad for Talia, as we saw last year in the Penn State game. And some of that happened in the Ohio State game a little bit, where their pass rush came alive. Apparently, it wasn't very good before our game, but it came alive a little bit against the Maryland Terrapins. And we saw what Talia did, throw two picks, had a ton of missed throws, went 21 of 41 against Ohio State when their pass rush was alive. So my biggest question mark is, can Talia – overcome that and can we draw some quick passes up but one of the things that also i'm wondering about is our run game against um that defensive line can are we gonna be able to run the ball yeah. at all because we the past couple of weeks we hate running the ball we lead the big 10 in um passing attempts per game i've been against it i've been like can we please run the ball more because some games we average a a decent amount on the ground and we just don't stick with it. But overall that Penn state defensive line scares me and what it can do to Talia. Well, and that's just it. When you have a situation and Penn state has literally run into this and figuratively run into this too. The problem for Penn state's ground game, Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen, why haven't they been threats? Because there really hasn't been a lot of respect in the passing game. So another key matchup here is probably going to be Penn state's wide receivers against Maryland's defensive backs. But to, to continue to understand the, the offensive line, defensive line dynamic here, Penn State's going to sell out for the run because they know Maryland can run the football, and that's the bread and butter. You, you have Roman Henby. You have Antoine Littleton. And McDonald has come a long way. I used to think that it was Littleton and Hemby that you had to worry about. But Maryland's got three capable running backs. Tonga Vailoa is mobile. Now, he's not a run-first type of quarterback, but he certainly can move. And Penn State, of course, is going to account for that. But when you can when you can stack the box to take away that run game, is Maryland, before we talk about Penn State side of it, is Maryland going to be able to offset it? I know they lost a couple of good wide receivers from a year ago. They turn pros naturally, right? You move on. You go to bigger and better things. You get Caden Prather out of the transfer portal. How How are Maryland's wide receivers doing at this point? They started the season 
really well and they started fast mm-hmm. and they started with putting up big stats and you looked at them and you said the wide receiver room is a strength of our team and I still do think it is but they have definitely slowed down these past couple of weeks if you watch the Ohio State game back they had trouble getting open against those DBs and I think Penn State has similar talented type of defense that Ohio State has. So you wonder mm-hmm. if that's going to be a question mark. But Ty Felton, junior wide receiver, has really came onto the scene and has really burst onto the scene. And he's played really well at times. Jason Jones, the veteran of the group, slot wide receiver, can mm-hmm. create a lot of separation, can do a lot of good things on third down. And Caden Prather, 6'4", can go up and get it, makes a lot of different types of plays. And watch out for Octavian Smith. He's been quiet speedster sophomore probably the best athlete in that room but you wonder if they can get open against a Penn State secondary that has some really good players like King and some overall really good players back there overall but I want to know about the Penn State wide receiver room because we saw it struggle against Ohio State and at different times this year I'm curious is it do you think it's going to get back on track what players should the Terp fans be concerned about in that receiver room? What's overall the situation with the Penn State wide receiver room? Concern is a strong word, Trey, uh, when it comes to Penn State's wide receivers. Uh, at least be aware of, right? Because Trey Wallace was supposed to be that second wide receiver for Penn State, and he's most likely not going to play. Came out and went to the locker room, came back in, in a sling, after it looked like he, it was an upper body injury for sure, arm, shoulder, whatever, I can't, I can't speculate. He's probably not going to play against Maryland. So this is already a passing attack that James Franklin has admitted openly to the media, has said, look, the passing game's behind, and the wide receivers are a big part of that. And all offseason long and into the season, Trey, it's been, well, Trey Wallace and Keandre Lambert-Smith are the guys, and it's just everybody else. And nobody has separated themselves and become worthy of talking about. James Franklin refuses to give praise to anybody else in the locker room that's a wide receiver. And that's not for a good reason. It's not to keep any secrets. It's because no one has stepped up. And that's concerning at this point now. Game 8, Game 9, Game 10. They right. You can do it against West Virginia. You can do it against Delaware and UMass. That's great. But when you need to be a playmaker against teams like Ohio State, Michigan, and fairly, Mar- like Maryland's forced, what, eight, nine interceptions as a team? This is a pretty good secondary. They have some guys yeah. that can, and they have some versatile guys that can line up anywhere on the field. So the Terrapin secondary shouldn't be discredited by any means, even though the pass defense does allow some yards. It's that bend, don't break mentality, and they will force the turnover. Uh, Andrew Aller has been good with the football, but he had did turn, he did throw his first interception against Indiana last week. Maybe he throws another one if he gets uh, starts to tend to be a little more careless. But Keandre Lambert-Smith is the guy you need to worry about anything. He's looked the part of a wide receiver one for Penn State. But still, if you're looking at it from a neutral perspective, he's not a true number one wide receiver. I want him to be. He's Penn State's number one, but by virtue of there's really nobody else. That, that's just it. I don't know how many other places he would be a one in this case. Uh, I think. I think he'd get a lot of reps at Maryland, but that's just to kind of give you some perspective. Trey Wallace is out. Dante Cephas was brought in from Kent State, one of the most coveted transfers out of the portal. At what point is he going to step up? That's kind of the guy that everybody's looking for. Malik McLean as well, another transfer from Florida State. Are those guys finally going to emerge 
James Franklin did say that he anticipates that the light, he said the light will come on against Maryland. I don't know what he's referring to if he's seeing a matchup, maybe. Is there anyone in the secondary that you might be worried about against a 6-4 McLean or someone like Dante Cephas who can stretch the field, take the top off of the defense? Like, where did, for Maryland's secondary, where do, do the yards come from the big play? Can they not press? What What's kind of the Terrapins' biggest weakness in the secondary, Trey? We've given up some big plays, for sure. Especially to start the season, if you looked at it, Jaquan Shepard gave up multiple mm-hmm. big plays on two games in a row to start the season on over 50-yard touchdown bombs over the top over Jaquan Shepard twice in a row where he tried to snap up on an out route and then his guy gets behind him um, where he's just trying to read the quarterback eyes and then another time on a flea flicker. So he's been undisciplined yeah. that time. Tarheeb still was actually out for um, the, he came back last game against Northwestern, but he had been out for the past couple of games before that. And he's our best cornerback back there. And he didn't look great against Northwestern. So overall, I, those two guys are talented. They can play man coverage overall, but they're, I just don't know if they're playing their best football right now. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Penn State um, receivers get back on track against our cornerback room. But overall, that's kind of what I would think. But yeah. yeah. No, I think in Penn State, one of its biggest weaknesses on offense has been – the big play and drew Aller hasn't been looking deep down the field and Penn state says they're calling the deep plays, but drew Aller continues to take the check down. So something's got to give here. Either Penn state continues that trend of not trying to exploit a defense that does give up the big plays, or they just take the safety net. They take the check down and they just kind of move on, protect the football. I don't know. Uh, history, at least recent history, right? Recent trends tell me otherwise, but if Maryland's going to give it to you, why not take it? So those are key matchups. Most of the names you need to know in this case, at least the first ones based on the key matchups that come to mind. That's time for the predictions. We're going to give our score, the game flow, how Trey and I under expect this game to unfold. Before we do get to our predictions, we have another sponsor to tell you about, and that is FanDuel. Snap back into action and score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 in bonus bets if your team simply wins. That's all they got to do. They just got to win. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Right now, Penn State is a 10.5-point favorite against the Maryland Terrapins. If you like those lines, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off college football, the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Once again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. And in this final segment, we are talking predictions. Does Penn State win? Does Maryland win? The books, Vegas says that Penn State should win by at least 10 points, maybe even more recent history. I mean, Penn State has gone to Maryland and absolutely dominated. Shout out the Terrapins a season ago. Before that, it was pick six to seal the deal, 31 to 14. And just, uh, I think back to some of those really bad ones, Trey, where uh, they cancel classes on a Friday and Penn State just goes in there and absolutely kicks some butt (laughs) against against Maryland. 
So I, I don't know about that. I think having Josh Gaddis helps. You have someone that's familiar with the Penn State system. Mike Loxley is a good coach for what it's worth, and Maryland has recruited much better. And they beat out Penn State for the services of Caden Prather at the wide receiver position. Just, just an FYI for everybody. So these two teams, I'm not going to put too much stock in the Northwestern game. I think Maryland got off track. Ohio State really gave them a reality check. They lost to Illinois. They lost to Northwestern. But uh, Penn State just has not had the same success on offense that in years past would be able to dominate a Maryland type of team. So unless Penn State can figure those things out, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any, any stretch of the imagination. I do think it could be a shootout type of game with, we'll, we'll see how many points are actually scored here. I'm going to go Penn State 34, Maryland 24. I, I think, and 24 might be too many points, but Maryland still had, they have some guys, they have the ground game. And if Penn State, if there's any weakness on Penn State's defense, it's tackling and it's also stopping the run. Indiana did, did break off some chunk plays, surprisingly enough. So the Terrapins do those things well. They just haven't as of late, but this is a C that's why they play a full slate of games. They play a full season. I'm not going to put too much stock in the Northwestern game or, or the Illinois game. Those teams are big 10 teams. They're not awful. They're not horrendous, but I like Penn state to still win, take care of business. They also got to think about Michigan. Look, I get the one to no mentality, but you can't sit back and tell me that Penn state uh, is as hyper-focused as they are in Maryland. They know that their season hinges on Michigan the following week. Trey. My prediction is this is kind of how I see the game going on. I think Penn State's offense gets going a little bit because I am putting stock into that Northwestern game. And Northwestern's offense before the Maryland game was terrible. Down to their backup quarterback, not very much talent on the outside or on the offensive line. And they found a way to put up a lot of points against the Maryland Terrapins. Yeah. And we know Penn State, Drew Aller, has all the talent in the world. Got Thank the you. big arm. <laughs> He's got everything you want. Five-star kid. I can see him get going in this game against the Maryland Terrapins, and I can see Penn State scoring some points. And that's just me being honest. And I think it's going to be hard for us to score against the Penn State defense. There's just so much talent. I don't know, if, like we talked about, if our offensive line is going to hold up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're going to be able to throw the ball as well as we want to against that secondary. I think it helps that Chop Robinson's out um, Mm -hmm. in terms of the pass rush and being able to block you guys. But overall, I think Penn State wins. I'm going to go 27 to 17. Terps have trouble scoring the ball. Penn State has a pretty solid game overall. And just around that spread number, I, I think it's a pretty accurate spread this week. Yeah. And, and same thing. I have a 10 point deficit as well. I, Talia being a veteran quarterback helps because Penn state, they can really confuse some inexperienced, illegitimate quarterbacks. I think Talia has a future in the NFL. Is he a day one starter? No, but he's going to get into camp. He'll be on an NFL roster. He's a smart dude. And we see how two is doing Talia's far from his older brother. But I, I do respect Talia's game, especially he is healthier this year. Part of the problem why Penn State was able to shut out Maryland a season ago was that Talia was banged up. And the offensive line, I think uh, the offensive line for Maryland was down to the third string center. So it was just really a bad series of unfortunate events there. But Maryland, a little better suited this time. You do have home field. You have Penn State. 
kind of looking ahead in the spot. Just you have to. It's almost a subconscious thing. Whereas Maryland, like you said, the Terrapins are putting all of their stock into this game because this is the one like how Penn State sees the Michigan game as a chance to save its season. Maryland yep. looks at Penn State like this, and they think about the, the Friday night game, the shutout, the, the 66 to 3, all those, the canceling classes, all those things. They, they do think about that, and they're tired of being little brother, in this case, to Penn State. And Penn State's tired of being little brother to Michigan and Ohio State. They're tired of that perception. So just so those things, and I, but Penn State still gets the win. Don't, don't get me wrong. Penn State will win the game. It just it, they're, they're going to trade some punches uh, in this one. But, Trey, I'm, I'm glad we could collab on this. I'm glad we got to do a Locked On crossover. I wish you the best of luck in this in this game. I also wish you the best of luck with your show as it, to see it progress. Uh, it's great to watch Locked On Terps. Appreciate your time, yeah, Trey. Thank you. I, I love watching um, Locked On Indy Lines. It's a pretty nice show. So thank you for having me on. This was great. So you heard it here. So you heard the rave reviews for both shows. Do us a favor, both of us, subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lines, Locked On Terps to keep up with everything. Also, Locked On Big Ten as an affiliate with that show as well. Become an everydayer. Subscribe. Let us know in the comments who you think wins this game, your official score prediction. But for more Penn State Nittany Lines and Maryland Terrapins content, subscribe to the shows, and we'll be bringing you so much more football content, basketball content as well, on Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Terps.